Saturday session here on SCNZ and we've got a fantastic guest coming in very knowledgeable on multiple sports but particularly rugby this morning Scotty Stevenson my good man Sumo how are you? I'm very well Grant how are you my friend? It sounds like you're at a playground there's a lot of children in the background there. Yeah, no, there's some kids on the trampoline next door, so um, they're having the time of their lives. Time of their lives. Can you tell? Okay. Can you tell them to pipe can down, please? Up. Can you be? Can you be one of the? Yeah, be one of those uh, those uh, neighbours. Shut up. <laughs> uh, how are you, Scotty? How's 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 the pulse in uh, the Stevenson house after that victory? No, look, it's good. Uh, it's good, mate. It's, I've camped off with a nice little jog on the beach. So, um, look, the All Blacks feel pretty good about that, Grant, but they've still got some worries. They conceded 12 penalties, so that's 26 penalties they've now conceded in two matches. Uh, and how you have to concede 12 penalties against Namibia is beyond me. Uh, and the other thing that concerns me, and I hate to start on negatives, but we might as well get them out of the way, uh, I think they had to make 60-odd tackles and they missed 10 of them. So tackling at 81%, that's going to be a concern for them as well. And then there's the Ethan DeGroote red card, which is just, uh, you know, an unnecessary play uh, when the game is well in control. And for a high tackle at that, so uh, that's village stuff to finish that game for the All Blacks. But look, they'll take the win, um, and it was always going to be a win, let's be honest about that. Uh, but they showed some real class in what were pretty treacherous conditions, actually. You know, Scotty, everyone talks about ill-discipline, but I don't know, like, how do you change ill-discipline? Because for me, that starts with, it's almost a cultural change. It's, uh, you know, doing those one percenters, punctuality, mm. making sure that mm. you're organized before the game. It's a, it's a cultural environment thing, isn't it? And then that yeah, seeps into on-field play. Yeah, oh, look, it's a little bit challenging with, with rugby, I think, because you are dealing with different referees all the time. Uh, you're not just de dealing with the same uh, rule book. And so rugby is a very dynamic uh, sport in that respect. But ultimately, you know, the, the onus is on you as a team, and especially on that leadership group in the team, to actually understand how the referee is adjudicating the match, uh, what you're doing to try and win possession, because most penalties are given away uh, at the breakdown or certainly on the offside line. And then thinking pretty hard about whether you have to go there or not, whether you have to go to that line, especially in a clash where the result is beyond doubt uh, before the opening whistle's even blown. So, uh, you know, I just think there's a, there's a sort of, to me, there just feels like there's a lack of game sense, a lack of referee sense in this all-black squad at the moment. And they're going to need to adjust to that very, very quickly. I think a little bit more analysis on how referees are adjudicating the game would go a long way. And I'm not suggesting for a second they don't do that. Of course they do. They're a professional sports team. Uh, but obviously that message is still to sink in. And if they keep giving away that many penalties, when it comes to the crunch and the big matches in this World Cup, they're going to come out on the wrong side of the ledger. I mean, Cam Roygott, everyone's talking about Cam Roygott. He had a fantastic game. Obviously, you know, showed not only skill, but, you know, just how um, dominant he can be in terms of making breaks. I mean, is that is that like a, a batsman going in and scoring, um, you know, a double hundred, one day hundred against um, against Namibia in a World Cup? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I think Cam Rugard has a has a set of skills that perhaps the other halfbacks in the squad don't have. Aaron Smith's never been a huge runner with the ball. He's a great passing halfback, as we know. Cam Rugard just brings that running game, and I think that's what was what was severely lacking in that final quarter. Uh, against the French. I thought they might have played Roy Gard just for that reason alone, the fact that he can challenge around the around the edge of the ruck 
um, and then it can cause a bit of trouble there. You know, that pass to set up Damien McKenzie, that swivel pass, uh, that's a hard play to pull off. You know, he makes a break from the scrum. He does everything right. He puts his body on the line because when you play a pass like that, when your body's turned, you're exposing your rib cage. It's a fearless play from Cam Roygaard, but you also have to have the timing absolutely perfect. And he showed that. And in that one phase of play alone, I think we saw what Cam Roygaard really has to offer this team, which is vision. He's a heads-up player, but he also has those, um, what do they call them in rugby, grant micro skills uh, in order to pull off those plays and to get the job finished. So all very well to start it, have a run, and it comes to nothing. But he has the, he has the vision and the skills to finish those plays, and, and that was fantastic. To watch that combination with McKenzie, which seemed to be very natural. Yeah, I think that word vision, great, great word to describe what he had today, but... You know, like I also think about the squad, Sumo, and I think, you know, in a World Cup, it's great to be able to have uh, confidence in a group. And we definitely need to, to gain a little bit of confidence. We were talking about it after the, the loss to South Africa in the warm-up game and then France, to have the young players that have the confidence and have a great game. So you look at, you know, Cam Roygaard, who, who can actually take this performance and be someone that if... He becomes first choice. He's got that confidence, but it's confidence in the group, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I spoke a lot before this game um, for onenews.co.nz, where I wrote a lot before the game about uh, the, the All Blacks rediscovering their joy. It's a team under pressure, and, and All Black teams, when they get too tight, they close down, and that's not the All Black way. The All Black way is to play with some freedom, uh, not reckless freedom, but some freedom of expression being able to go out there and show the skill set that this team has. And it has got, you know, one of the best skill sets in the game. Hands down, it always has done. And in fact, that's always been the All Black strength to me. The fact that they have athletes across the park from 1 to 15 or 1 to 23 who have those skills that perhaps other players don't have. But the ability to go out there, not to feel that pressure on the shoulders and actually to go out and say, yeah, I'm going to make this play because I can make this play. Um, and that is part of the DNA of All Black teams of, pa- of past years certainly of the most successful all-black teams. Um, so you need to be able to find that line between saying, yeah, we know it's high stakes. It's a rugby World Cup, for goodness sake. We know it's high stakes because the all-blacks are expected to win matches. But ultimately, it's still a game. You've still got to go out there and look like you're enjoying it while you're playing it. Uh, you know, one of the things that confuses me, I'm not as much of a you know rugby guru as you, Scotty, but... You know, is the Damien McKenzie, Richie Mwanga, Bowden Barrett, everyone keeps talking about it. Everyone's got their favorite. It's almost like going to the supermarket and looking at, you know, tomato ketchup and going, well, you know, we've got Heinz, we've got Waddies, and we've got, uh, I don't know, All Gold or whatever. And everyone's got their opinion on what they like the most. I mean, what do you have an opinion or do, can we just settle on something? Richie Mwanga is number one, isn't he, at, at, at first five? Well, well, to me he is, um, but that was another one of the confusing selection issues around that first game against France, where you wouldn't have Damien McKenzie on the bench, someone who just brings a little, a little something different to the formula. Um, yes, look, Damien McKenzie can be hot, he can be cold, but he had a great rugby season. He was wonderful against Argentina in that opening match of the rugby championship. Um, had a bit of a dud later on in that series, uh, but ultimately he's still got a set of skills that no other first five in that team has. Um, but you've, you've got to understand, I love the All Gold mentioned, by the way. It goes great on your slup chips, Grant, the All Gold. And a bride. And a bride. Bravos and All Gold. Um, I've got to say, you know, that, that, I think this is part of the problem. They, they haven't been able to decide what's their best fit, so they're trying to find these hybrid selections uh, where Bowden Barrett's starting in the line a lot instead of at fullback. 
Um, he, he still feels like he's a 10 deep down inside. Uh, he's playing at fullback, which he's a, he's a very good fullback too, don't get me wrong. It's nothing against Bowden Barrett. But you've got to decide who's your game manager. And, you know, I look at that George Ford performance against Argentina, and that's an out-and-out first 5-8. There's no confusion in England about who's playing first five. There's no confusion in the South African side about who, who's playing first five. There's no confusion in France about who's playing first five. Yeah. The only team that seems confused about who's, who's the game general, the game driver, is the All Black side. And maybe that's because <laughs> they have this embarrassment of riches. But ultimately, you've got to put the control of the game in the hands of the guy at 10. Well, 9 and 10, in fact. And you've got to stick with it. It's the, it's the leader. It's the leader. And uh, I heard Izzy Dag talk about it. He said, yeah, you know, they had a two-pronged attack when Dan Carter was at first five and he was at fullback. It was almost like there was two ways of, of attacking, whereas now it, it, it seems like there's not as much direction, I guess, uh, from when he played. But, uh, Scotty, well, let's, yeah. let's spare a thought. Oh, no, carry on. No, 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 no. Well, let's, no I, I think we've skinned that cat, Grant. We can move on. Yeah, we have. Um, I, I, I wanted to spare a thought for Namibia. I mean, they got pumped <laughs> by Italy, and now they get yeah. pumped by the All Blacks. Uh, they knew they were up against it, and then if it yeah. couldn't get any worse for them, now they have to face France before their big game <laughs> against Uruguay. How will they be feeling in the change room? Do you think that they, like I said to Graham, do you think that they, they're having a chat and going, you know what, let's just get on the Vinos and have a great time? <laughs> Maybe they are on the fin hooks already. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I guess the first thing they'll be concerned about is Larue Milan, who that injury looked horrible. Um, not entirely sure what the uh, what the upshot of that was, but when the referee can't even look at it, then obviously it, it doesn't sound good. Um, so they'll find out what's going on there. They're always up against it, aren't they? Namibia is going to come to a World Cup, and they're going to look at the pool and they're going to say, "We've got one game here, boys. Um, we can get a World Cup victory." Uh, it is the nature of, of the global game where there are uh, very few haves and a lot of have-nots at this Rugby World Cup. I actually called it Vanilla Week this week because uh, there's not a lot of flavourful clashes to get your teeth into. Uh, Uruguay were a bit of a surprise to me against France, um, but France probably just did enough. Um, they, they're going to ride the emotions of this tournament and peak at the right times. Um, Namibia, we're never going to trouble the All Blacks today. And there's a, there's a lot of other games through this round that really, um, you know, the, the busiest bloke at the game is going to be the guy operating the scoreboard. So, um, you, you know, it is, the na- it is the nature of World Cups. And, um, you know, I, I, surely Namibia will have pinpointed that Uruguay game and said we just want a World Cup victory here and it ain't coming against uh, anyone else in that pool. Now, Scotty, my good mate Daniel McCarty, he was obviously uh, calling the game for SCNZ, yep. and um, uh, he he's a no-show today. Which uh, you know, the last <laughs> week he he showed up. What what do you think, Daniel? He had to go. He said he was exhausted. But what do you think, Daniel, will oh, be sure. up to uh, t- today? Where will he be going? Will he be already on his way to Bordeaux, which is where the the All Blacks are going for the next week? Look, I think Daniel's just going to take stock of uh, the last uh, week of his life and realise he's living the dream <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully settle into a nice pint of something somewhere in France and maybe a nice steak frites. And um, and he's just, look, this is a confidence booster for you, isn't it? He said to you, Grant, you can run the cutter on your own. You're good enough. It's your time. Um, this is your Cam Royguard moment. I'm going to leave you to it. <laughs> I've, come, I've properly come off the bench here. Uh, I saw I saw a social media post by Daniel. He was at the Louvre. The, I don't even know how to say it. The Louvre. 
The Louvre. And the Louvre. Um, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Louvre. And uh, he had uh, a photo of uh, me, a photo of Smithy, and an Up the Waz uh, photo. And he was trying to oh, pin it good. on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pr- trying to pin it on some uh, famous photos or paintings. Real and uh, yeah, they, they threw me and Smithy out, but they got Up the Waz. <laughs> do you do you have any views on on the Waz? I mean, you're you're in Auckland um, a lot of the time, yeah. so how, how's yeah. that how's that movement going? Oh, mate, you can't buy a ticket for love and money for tonight, that's for sure. Um, look, I, I love the Waz bandwagon. It's the greatest bandwagon in sport. Um, I love Up the Waz. And the reason I love Up the Waz is because it's come from the fans. They're the ones who've created it. As a slogan, it's great. Everyone's into it. Um, and it sure beats any of the other commercial bullshit that's fed down sports fans' throats um, when these organisations try to do something and tell us all what to say and when to say it. Um, no, the Waz are great. Uh, look, this is a big opportunity for them, but Newcastle are, are going well. They're riding high. They're on a good run of victories. Um, and the Warriors are coming off, you know, what's been a pretty tough few weeks for them. Uh, the return of Sean Johnson's huge. Uh, and that crowd at Mount Smart tonight is going to lift the roof off that stadium if there was indeed a roof to lift off. But it is going to be noisy. Uh, Newcastle won't know what's hit them in terms of the fans. Warriors are, are a special side in the NRL, and that's why the NRL loves them. They sell a lot of merchandise, but you have a look at the crowds that they get at games in Australia now. A lot of expat Kiwis, of course, and, and the flags flying for the Warriors at every match this year has been a sight to see. And so, you know, I, I do hope. I, I'm pretty objective about rugby league. It's not my game, but I enjoy watching it. Um, and I do hope they put in a performance tonight and, and get another week in this competition. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, they become a national team at the moment, I think. Definitely last oh, weekend are. <laughs> with some irate callers. And there's not too many calls coming in on 0800 but we do want to hear from you and uh, any opinions that you have on what Scotty Stevenson had to say. Scotty, some bad well, news get, came in as well. <laughs> Even if you've got some opinions on the Rangatiki in. Uh, we, oh, Scotty mate, speaking, and I are, are ring, local. Speaking of, speaking of the ring of tight, mate, um, it is Susanna Wilson-Bates' birthday today, who was, uh, who was with us on that wonderful road trip. So a big happy birthday to one of the great shout out. Susie Bates. Oh, what, what a day that was. Scotty, lastly, there, there's, um, there was some tough news that came in two hours ago. Tim Salvi, fractured yeah. and dislocated right thumb. So it's his bowling thumb. Yeah, I know. Look, I, I mean, that's hideous news for New Zealand and especially with the World Cup just around the corner, isn't it? But, um, look, it, it is a bone. It's not, the, it's not the whole thing. It hasn't fallen off. Um, and you know how <laughs> tough Tim is. So, um, look, he is hoping. He is hoping that the prognosis uh, isn't overly uh, horrible for him um, because, it, it, you know, this, this team just needs, needs that two-pronged attack. It needs Southie. It needs Bolt. It'll be their last World Cup together. Um, and so to rob the fans and to rob them of that opportunity would be tragic indeed. So, you know, I, d- I do hope he comes right quickly. Another tough day at the office for the BCs today against England. Um, mm. And what has, been a, what has been a series that you just can't pick, uh, there's been days where everything New Zealand touched has turned to gold and then others where England have shown their dominance. But, um, yeah, look, I think uh, it'll all be by the by by the time they get to that World Cup. And I'm encouraged by the former Trent Bolt, that's for sure. But like you, mate, discouraged that uh, Tim Southey has this injury now that he has to deal with, and Daryl Mitchell as well took a blow too. So hopefully he comes right because uh, he'll be instrumental in any chance New Zealand has. Well, Scotty, we have a we have a segment called Swinging Both Ways, a cricket segment, and uh, we always discuss the GEC 
B-V-L-T-C-A-O-W-C-T, which is Grant Elliott's current, but very likely to change an often World Cup side. Um, and uh, it has, it's changed so many times. It's good to see that Foxcroft has been picked in Bangladesh, but that throws my team out of whack once again. Um, and it's just been, it's been hit with injuries. Um, but I think, you know, talking about Saudi, talking about Williamson, it's the senior players that get you over the line, isn't it? It would, I would think so, especially in New Zealand's case, because they bring so much experience and they've been there before, and they've got this team to, um, well, to the top in Test cricket, but to, uh, also to the very edge of the summit in terms of one-day um, short-form internationals uh, at World Cup level. So, look, this is these guys are crucial to New Zealand's chances. You know, the fact that Williamson's back in the mix is just so good for the country, um, or for the Black Caps at least. Um, now we just have to sweat on Southie, make sure he's okay. Uh, because there's just no other bowler in New Zealand like Tim Southey, um, and there's no one with his experience in that form of the game. So um, it's going to be crucial to get him back. But look, Foxcroft is, is one to watch for the future, and of course um, the week uh, just being we've seen the selection of that World Cup squad and no Finn Allen. So um, they've obviously looked at that power-hitting role up top and decided, no, that's not quite the style we want to go with, and it's just not paying off on a percentage level. And um, this New Zealand side, as you know, Grant, likes to play percentage cricket. I want to ask you one last question, Scotty, before you go. Thank you so much for your valuable time. Um, no, I got asked a question by, yeah. um, by Deeks, actually, and he said, Sir Brian Lahore, Ooh. Sir Steve Hansen, Sir uh, um, uh, Ted. Wayne Smith, yes. Uh, so, so why did Gary Stead not get a night chip after winning the World Test Championship? It's a good question. <laughs> It's, it's a very good question. I think maybe maybe Gaz needs a few more friends to write letters to the Governor-General. Do you, you want to start that <laughs> campaign? Maybe maybe that can be a homework assignment for all your listeners today. Write steady up for a, for a knighthood. Yeah. Oh, no, was, I couldn't answer it. I just said, I don't know, maybe because his name is Gary. I don't know. I just <laughs> no, I don't, it doesn't have a good ring to it. it. You know, you think of the number of rugby nights that New Zealand has produced versus the number of cricket nights New Zealand has produced, and it is it is interesting to consider um, where where cricket then sits in the landscape of titular honours, as they say, whether you believe in knighthoods or not. But um, yeah, there must be someone. There's someone in this golden era of New Zealand cricket who deserves a, a sword tap on the shoulder from the GG. <laughs> oh, I could is it, is be you, you, Scotty. Are you are you are you angling for one, Grant? Are you angling for one for hitting one six in your career? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Scotty. As I said to Baz, I said you don't have to hit a hundred of them. You just got to hit one. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know what, Dave? It'll always be one more than I've ever hit, mate. So you go. With it. I love it. Oh, mate, thanks so much. Love to hear your insight. Love your energy and can't wait to see you this summer. Oh, looking forward to it, mate. We'll be together at uh, TVNZ for the cricket this summer, mate. And uh, as always, looking forward to locking horns. And I'm sure we can get Bates and uh, you and me onto another road trip to the Rangataiki Tavern. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, Scotty. Go well. Enjoy your weekend. Up the waz. See you. Up the waz. Bye, boy. That was uh, Scotty Stevenson. Brings a lot of energy, a lot of insight into just so many sports. I mean, he's a man of many hats, and just his insight is just fascinating. He is a library of knowledge, Scotty Stevenson. But we're going to head to a break. Give us a call, 0800-150-811. we got Joey on the line from Auckland after the break. Uh, we want to hear from you or text us, 8833.